With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What's going on, everyone? Welcome into The Hangout in the Holy Land, the flagship podcast for Land Grant Holy Land's network of podcasts. My name is Colton Denning, and I am your host, coming to you on Christmas Eve, December 24th, 2019. Happy holidays to everyone out there listening. And I've got a little bit of a present for you today because this is, in fact, our Ohio State Clemson podcast. We're going to preview everything going on in the Fiesta Bowl and in this playoff game as Ohio State looks to get back to the national championship, but will have to go up against a very, very strong Clemson team to do it. This is going to be a lot of fun to talk about, and I can't wait to watch this game on Saturday. A couple things before we preview that one. Uh, Make sure to visit LandGrantHolyLand.com for all of your playoff coverage. Not only that, but everything Ohio State sports, especially Ohio State's kick-ass basketball team, who is just killing stuff right now. What a time to be an Ohio State fan with what these two teams are doing. But catch all of our work there, LandGrantHolyLand.com. Follow us on Twitter, at LandGrant33, and keep up with everything we got going on the podcast network here. Just search Land Grant Holy Land on Apple, subscribe, let us know what you think of all the shows, and then find us on Spotify too. Search Land Grant Holy Land once again and click follow, and every new episode that we have from the site will pop up into your feed. You can also follow me on Twitter. I am at Dubsco. That is where we can chat about this Ohio State Clemson game and uh, get, get some takes off about what we think Ohio State is going to do in this playoff game. The other thing I want to get to before we talk about it is some personal news. This is going to be my last episode of The Hangout in the Holy Land and my last piece with the site and on SB Nation. You guys may have seen last week everything going on with SB Nation and employees that live in the state of California. If not, This really isn't the forum for me to get into it. I have my own thoughts on it that aren't positive, but we're not going to talk about it on this important episode of the show, but I think it is important to note that it's something outside of the control of Land Grant Holy Land and myself. So I have nothing but love, uh, affection, and gratitude towards this site. I have been working here, I think, since 2016, almost five years, and I think I've been doing the podcast now for almost four years, 
and um, the the amount of leeway that I have been given, not only in podcasting but in just creating content for Land Grant Holy Land on I Got Five on it and anything else that I wrote in the times that I ran the Twitter account from 2017 to 2018, whether it was uh, Luke, Matt Brown, Matt Tamanini, Alexis, Jeff, whoever it's been that's run the site has always given me tremendous freedom and I will always be so grateful for that and I've worked with a ton of great people, whether it was Matt on the podcast, or of course, our buddy Patrick Mayhorn. Um, It's always been a lot of fun. And as for the podcast itself, I feel like this show has always been a wonderful outlet for Ohio State fans looking for a platform that doesn't come with scarlet covered glasses. I feel like this show has been an alternative for people. It's certainly never been the popular one amongst the majority of Ohio State fans, but I feel like we have run a show that's honest and it's counter to what a lot of other people do, and that's not saying it's better or worse than any other show, probably worse, but I'm not saying it's better, but that's the angle we've always taken and to try to be as honest and as candid as possible, and it's it's been a lot of fun. We've built a small community with you guys that we interact with every single week. I, I love seeing uh, familiar faces in my mentions and asking questions and, and wanting to get statements off on the show. It's been a lot of fun building up this community. And even despite the divisiveness, I think, at times, I think it's been a great platform for us to discuss Ohio State sports and to keep it as real as possible. Quite honestly, because I think that that's something that Ohio State fandom needs. In all all fandom, not just Ohio State fandom, but just these communities in general need that type of talk. So we've always enjoyed doing that, and I I appreciate every single one of you who has listened to the show, whether you, you like it or not. It means a lot that you guys take the time out every single week and really every single day to listen to all of the podcasts that we have going on. And I've always just been baffled at how many people actually listen to this show. And I, I just couldn't be more grateful and more appreciative of all you guys for doing it, the people that I've worked with on the show and, and the people that have let me kind of make this show mold it kind of in a vision of something different. So that's really where I want to end on that is just uh, with gratitude to all of you guys and anybody that I've worked with who might be listening to this and who let me do the show and that I'm just, uh, I'm very appreciative of my time here at Land Grant Holy Land and on this podcast. But I won't be going away that easily um, when it comes to me. I'll still be around. You can reach me on Twitter at Dubsco. We'll still be talking Ohio State there. Uh, you will hear my voice. I'll tell you about that later on Twitter as well. I will not be going away from the airwaves, so stick tuned to that, and I will always encourage you guys to listen to everything going on on Land Grant and Holy Land on this network of podcasts and continue to visit the site because there's a lot of great people working really, really hard to put out content for you guys that uh, that you will enjoy. So Keep it locked on Land Grant Holy Land. 
And I'll let you guys know what the future is for me if you're interested in such things uh, here pretty pretty shortly. So be on the lookout for that. But that's it for that. That's enough of me rambling on about this. Just wanted to say that. Get it out of the way and say thank you to all of you for supporting this show. All right, with that out of the way, there's really no natural transition into talking about this game. So what I'm going to do is... Take a break here, hear from some sponsors, and when I come back, then we'll start breaking down Ohio State, Clemson, some of the key matchups, and my general views about this game and what I think is going to go down on Saturday. So stay tuned right here on The Hangout in the Holy Land. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to The Hangout in the Holy Land. My name is... Colton Denning, and I'm here previewing Ohio State's game with Clemson this Saturday in the college football playoff Fiesta Bowl in Arizona. Feels like for the 25th time, Ohio State is playing out in Arizona in the Fiesta Bowl. Hopefully a little bit better than the last time they played Clemson out there, but we don't we don't need to get into that game. So I, I've really been taking some time to think about how I feel about this game and what 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 the general what my general mood is about it because I, I've kind of gone back and forth a little bit and after reading up on Clemson watching a little bit of Clemson and just kind of having an overview of Ohio State's season my main feeling heading into this game is that the margin for error for both teams is just so slim because these are the heaviest of heavyweights in the, these two teams, and, and one error could really be enough to swing this game for good in one direction, whether that's a fumble that leads to a 14-point run for a team, something like that, one mistake, one botched kickoff return, one muffed punt, and you're going to find yourself in a big hole. And the, the most important thing, I think, for Ohio State in this game is to play as clean as possible. Because Clemson is just so talented, they're so well coached, and they know exactly what they want to do that if you blink for even a second, they're going to be right on your ass. And people can say what they want about Clemson not playing any competition this year or that you know UNC played them tough and UNC should have won that game. But as soon as North Carolina blinked, and that was on that two-point conversion at the end, Clemson took advantage of it. And that's what really great teams do. And really since then, in the last six weeks of the season, Clemson has been as dominant as anyone, including Ohio State, with what they've been able to do to teams. And whether it was in the ACC title game with Virginia or anybody else they've played in this stretch, there's moments early in games where teams, I think, have felt like they have a shot because other teams have pushed Clemson early in games this season and they just blink for a second, and before you know it, Clemson's up three scores. I'm not saying that's going to happen against Ohio State if they make one mistake, but it, it absolutely can because Clemson has the firepower on offense and the talent on defense 
to just bury anybody they play. So when it comes to Ohio State, the thing for me is they can't play an incomplete game in the ways we've seen them do that in their last three games. Whether it was part of the second half, really the third quarter against Penn State and maybe a little bit early in the fourth quarter against Penn State or the first half against Michigan or the first half against Wisconsin. They can't have a stretch like they had in all three of those games. And I'm not giving Ohio State flack for having moments where they struggled against three really good teams in Penn State, Michigan, and Wisconsin, but there were stretches there where you can't have that against Clemson. You can't have that against a team like LSU. You can't have that against a team even like Oklahoma because their offense is so good. And these type of games, you really have to minimize your mistakes. And you're definitely going to make a few because a team like Clemson is just too good to expect to play a totally clean game. But this is a top 10 offense with a great quarterback in Trevor Lawrence and a ton of skill position weapons, whether it's Travis Etienne, Justin Ross, T. Higgins, or any of the other 6'10 receivers that run four fives that Clemson has. And then on defense, they're a little bit younger. They're not as experienced as they were last year, but they still have a ton of talent. Isaiah Simmons is one of the best and most versatile linebackers slash safeties in the country. And you know that they already have a ton of athletes out there as well. So the margin for error is just so slim. And that goes for Clemson too. This is this is for both teams. But when it comes to Ohio State, they really can't have those stretches of play that they've had in the last three games because this Clemson team is good enough to bury you. It's not like Wisconsin where Wisconsin left the door open for them in the Big Ten championship game. Clemson isn't going to do that. So that, that to me is maybe the first biggest key is if you play as clean as possible, you're going to give yourself a chance to win no matter what you do. The second thing that I've really been looking at here is health. Because if we want to go back to those three games, at that point in the season, especially after Penn State, I think Ohio State was, was beat up. We saw Fields tweak his knee in that game. And ever since then, despite him playing unbelievable, he still was hobbled. That still affected his game. So Justin Fields, first and foremost, I think should be the most healthy we've seen him in about a month and a half because they've had basically three weeks from their last game they played until this one. I think it actually is just 21 days straight up. But not only him, Sean Wade has been the key to this defense. You guys already know what I think about Sean Wade and how important he is. And in a game like this against these type of receivers in this Clemson offense, a guy like Sean Wade having him healthy or as as healthy as he can be at this point of the season is going to be massive. And then really anybody else along either side of the ball, that all these guys are going to be rested and ready to go. This is going to be the freshest we've seen Ohio State probably since, like what, the the Rutgers game or the, the Maryland game? One of those games where whatever they were coming off the bye and it felt like they had just three weeks where they were on cruise control. This is going to be the freshest they've been since then. And I, I think that this is the type of team where you talk about the speed, the physicality, and just the overall talent, that type of rest, I think, really benefits them. Not to mention having you know Ryan Day giving him three weeks to plan. But just from a rest standpoint, I think that's really going to help this team because they did look beat up 
against Wisconsin. And every every team in the country was at this point when you, you play 13 or 14 games. But this team in particular, I think, really needed a break. And I think that that's going to be that's going to be very key, especially when it comes to, to fields. How much are they going to run him? How is he going to look? If Clemson brings pressure and they're, they're getting pressure, I think he's going to be able to get out of the pocket a little bit more than he did against Wisconsin and against Michigan. And he was already doing that then. So I think we'll see Justin Fields at peak physical performance on Saturday. And I'm really excited for it. When it comes to the on-field matchups, I think probably the most important thing, and everybody else has said this, so I don't want to belabor the point and, and talk about it for 17 minutes, is this is not the game for Ohio State's linebackers. We, we've talked about it endlessly. It's fitting that we talk about it on my final hangout in the Holy Land, but uh, not a lot of 20 and 32 out on the field. I know people have talked about there being a 4-2-5, getting Josh Proctor on the field. This is definitely a game for you need your fastest players out on the field. This is not a 4-3, uh, three stand-up linebackers type of game. You can't do that against Clemson, and if Ohio State does, it's going to be a long day for this defense, or you just hope that they do it early and then quickly realize their mistake. But it's not going to be that type of game for Ohio State's defense. And along those lines, the matchup that I am most excited for in this game is Ohio State's secondary versus Clemson's wide receivers. We already already talked about T. Higgins, Justin Ross, uh, Amari Rogers, and what Trevor Lawrence can do. Travis Etienne can be a threat in the passing game as well. But this for sure is the best group that both of these teams have faced this season. For Clemson, they haven't played a secondary like Ohio State with this type of talent. For Ohio State, as good as I think probably Michigan's wide receiver group is, they're not like these guys. So this is this is a these are NFL matchups. These are all guys that are going to be in the NFL very soon, most of them next year. So whether it's Jeff Okuda, Damon Arnett, Sean Wade, Jordan Fuller, Josh Proctor, anyone in that secondary. I think there's going to have to be one or two game-changing plays that those guys make that shows Clemson, okay, these guys aren't f***ing around. We're not just going to throw the ball up to our dudes and they're going to stiff-arm everybody and take it 60 yards to the house. No, they're going to be on us all game and we're really going to have to work for this. And I think that if if the secondary holds their own in this game, because they're going to give up plays. This group is just too good to completely shut down. But if they hold their own, then I think Ohio State probably wins because Travis Etienne is going to get his. I I think Clemson is going to be able to run the ball well enough. But we've also seen Ohio State be able to shut down opposing teams' run games. So I think that when it comes to Clemson, if they're able to corral what they do through the air and at the very least slow it down, get a nice pass rush on Trevor Lawrence, then they, they can hold their own in this game. And, and that, to me, is really the key for them winning. So that's the, that's the thing, the matchup that I am most focused on is what Ohio State secondary can do against these receivers. And we're going to see it early. I, I really wouldn't be surprised to see Clemson take those shots early on and test to see just how good this secondary is. And for these guys, this is not only uh, the best test for them as a group, but, but personally – for these guys, whether it's Okuda, Wade, or Damon Arnett, 
Um, this is something that they're going to be able to put on film for scouts. And I know that really means nothing to us when it comes to NFL draft when there's a playoff game on the line, but that's a lot of extra motivation in a, in a game like this and to prove yourself against some of the best in the country. And this is, this is a big boy matchup. I think this is the greatest positional matchup in these playoffs. So that that's the one that I'm looking for. And just as a whole, this is a really great game. This is a really great matchup. And I've seen a lot of mudslinging on both sides and even in the national media of talking about this one and hearing certain people say, well, Clemson hasn't played a team like Ohio State yet, or Ohio State hasn't faced a team of athletes like Clemson. There isn't that much talent in the Big Ten. And on both of those points, no shit. Like, obviously, both of these teams haven't played a team as good as this one because these are the two best teams in the country. These are the two most complete teams in the country. And I am am very intrigued to see how Ohio State handles playing the athletes of Clemson because they haven't seen that. They haven't seen this sort of team speed. And maybe early on, they kind of get knocked back a bit and say, whoa, okay, we got to up our game here. We got to bring a little bit more speed because this Clemson team is really talented. But on Clemson's side too, I don't think they've played offensive and defensive lines as physical as Ohio State's. They certainly haven't seen a team of athletes like Ohio State's. So it's people are stating the obvious. Like, yes, Ohio State hasn't played a team like Clemson. Clemson hasn't played a team like Ohio State. This is why when you get into the playoff, these sorts of matchups are just salivating because of the talent and you get to test yourself against the best of the best and it's tough for both of these teams that this is the matchup they get in round one but whoever wins this game I think is going to go into that national championship with a ton of confidence that they just beat arguably the first or second best team in the country so it's just two great teams going at it and I think that this matchup is really special. It's going to be a lot better than the one in 2016. Hopefully, I think this is a much better Ohio State team. But I'm just really excited for this game because both of these teams, I think, were deserving of being a possible one seed. I don't think you could have gone wrong with either of them being the one. But just two great teams, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Other stuff I have written down about keys to the game and whatnot, first and foremost, is running the ball effectively in utilizing J.K. Dobbins. This is what they've been building up for all year. We've seen the last couple of weeks, and we talked about on last episode, that they kept him fresh all year, and then the last three weeks, they've just relied on him as the workhorse, and he's been able to handle that load. And he's another one that that three weeks, probably really great for him, and I'm sure that his legs feel much better than they did after that Big Ten title game. So this is this is a game, these, these next two, if you win this game and get to the national championship, where you ride J.K. Dobbins for all he's worth and you give him those carries. But running the ball effectively in this game not only is good because you're gaining yards, obviously, but you're minimizing that Clemson pass rush. And that those are areas where Fields and the offensive line, I think mostly Justin Fields has, has struggled processing exotic pass rushes this year. And if Ohio State is able to run the ball from the jump and take that pressure off and kind of put Clemson on their heels, I think that's a huge advantage for this offense because it not only lets them grind the clock out if they're able to get a lead, but it also just balances everything 
for them. And when it comes to Dobbins too, I'd really like to see him be involved in the passing game more because as an outlet, he's been a real kickstarter for the offense, whether it was the three catches for 58 yards in the Wisconsin game, at least two of those went for big yardage and they were needed. I think one of them was on a third down where he made a really great catch, juked a guy and was able to keep the offense going. And then the two for 49 against Michigan, I think both of those plays were on the first drive of the third quarter. That's that's a real secret key to this offense, I think. And, and maybe something that's been underutilized a little bit is J.K. Dobbins in the passing game. And whether it's Isaiah Simmons kind of shadowing him or whoever else on that Clemson defense, I think that utilizing J.K. Dobbins in that role and letting Clemson know, like, hey, this this guy's not only going to get 25 to 30 carries, but we're going to throw him the ball three or four times, so you got to watch out for that too. J.K. Dobbins in space this year has been a monster, and I would really like to see that part of the offense continued. And I think that's that's a wild card for this offense, is getting J.K. Dobbins involved in the screen game or the outlet game. My other thought on the offense is hopefully this three weeks and this time to practice has given Ohio State a little bit more confidence in utilizing the deep ball. Because at times this year, it's really hit, and at times it just seemed like they've been a step off. Because we've seen Benjamin Victor make those plays in the past. We saw Chris Olave do it against Michigan. He also dropped one against Michigan, but the the throw was there and the timing was there um, against Penn State in the corner of the end zone when he made that play. And then in the Big Ten title, of course, when Justin Fields scrambled out of that, we've seen Olave make plays downfield. I think he had a big one against Rutgers too. And then Garrett Wilson, he really came out of his shell against Michigan, had that really long, nice catch. And those three guys, Wilson, Victor, Olave, they really have to challenge this Clemson team down the field. And when Justin Fields get gets time, they have to be able to get those balls downfield and not even pinpoint accuracy. Just give these guys a chance. We've seen what uh, Chris Olave can do with how he's able to track the ball. Garrett Wilson seems like he's already one of the best in the country. And, and Benjamin Victor has a history of making plays downfield as well. So against this Clemson secondary that hasn't given up a ton of big plays, through the air. I don't think that they've really been scorched that much, but I don't think Ohio State's just going to be able to, even if they're running the ball well, go 13 plays, 14 plays on this defense. You don't want to do that unless you're really just grinding them out, but I don't think that's going to happen. Whether it's two or three deep shots, they got to be able to hit on a few of them, and it's been hit or miss this year, but later on in the season, I feel like they've gotten better at it, and even when he's been under pressure, Justin Fields has been able to be more accurate and, and give these guys a chance to get to the ball, but those are the matchups that Ohio State is just going to have to win. Those those 50-50 matchups in a game like this where there's great athletes, you have, you have to be able to win it, and that can be something that can swing a game. So I, I don't expect Ohio State to just completely air it out downfield all game, but whether it's Wilson, Olave, or Victor, I want to see those shots. And those guys obviously have the talent to make the plays. And a healthy Justin Fields should be able to get the ball downfield to him. I know I haven't talked a lot about the defense on this episode because I think the, the defensive thing is, is so simple for this game. It's just getting your best athletes on the field and, and trying to match up with Clemson and realizing that you're going to give up some yards. You're going to give up some points. They're, they're too good to just completely shut down. But other than that, 
it's something that I've talked about in the last two or three games, and we've seen at times, and I think is going to be really important for this game, is if anyone other than Chase Young steps up and has a big game along the defensive line, I think this Ohio State team is not impossible to beat, but near impossible to beat. Because if you're forced to single Chase Young as much as you can, because you have to pay attention to everything going on on the Ohio State defensive line, it just absolutely wrecks an opponent's offensive game plan. And I think I saw somebody from Clemson, one of the players or coaches, say that, hey, we're just we're going to play head up. We're going to go best on best and just do what we do. And that's going to be a wonderful matchup between him and Jackson Carmen, by the way. And there's going to be lots of schadenfreude potential there, no matter how this matchup goes between the two of those guys. But that's going to be a really fun one to watch. But if Zach Harrison or Tyreek Smith Tyler Friday, Devon Hamilton, Robert Landers, one of those inside guys who we've seen make plays, especially Devon Hamilton and some of those inside guys. Jay Sean Cornell has been very quietly really good for this team this season. If they're able to get a push on this Clemson line where I think that they have an advantage, if there's one thing about this matchup that I think is quietly really in Ohio State's favor, it's not only on the defensive line to Clemson's offensive line. It's just the two lines in general. Not that Clemson's is bad by any stretch, but I think Ohio State has the edge. And this defensive line is so stocked that I think they're going to give them a really good challenge in this one. And if anyone outside of Chase Young is able to put pressure on Trevor Lawrence and get a push in the run game, it's just going to open things up for Young. And if he's singled all game because everybody else is doing stuff, we know what that means. We know exactly what that means, and that's when this defense is at its best. So if anybody else is doing stuff other than Chase Young, I really like their chances. Another area that I like Ohio State's chances in is special teams. Clemson has one of the worst special teams in Power 5 this season. I don't know exactly where it falls in terms of Power 5 teams, but in terms of S&P Plus or SP Plus, it is ranked 103rd. Their field goal kicking has been inconsistent this season. I don't know about field position, but Ohio State's been pretty damn solid in the special teams area this season. Garrett Wilson's muff punt aside, but this is the type of game where, like I said to start the show, the margin for error is so slim that whether it's field position or just one really big play on special teams could be enough to turn this game in your favor. We we saw the Ohio State-Alabama game and, and that playoff and how great both of those teams were on special teams and flipping field position. This could be this type of game where a, a great punt, even if it's a 42-35 to 35 game, a great punt that flips field position or a long return that sets you up or one missed field goal is going to be enough to change the outcome of the game. So Clemson special teams have been shaky at best this season, and Ohio State's have been pretty good. So that's something to watch out for is that that could be an area where Ohio State really outclasses them and they're able to put their stamp on that and win this game because of that. Finally, the last thing I am looking for in this game as my water heater goes off, which I'm sure you can hear in the background, a very fitting way for my final Hangout in the Holy Land episode to go with some background noise, is watching whether this moment is too big for Ohio State. Because I do think that that's 
important and it's something that's very real because when you look at it, who was making plays in 2016? Who on this team was on that team? Not not a lot of guys that have been in this type of moment. You know, KJ Hill was playing that year. Robert Landers was playing that year. Benjamin Victor had a catch in that game against Clemson, really one of the only offensive plays for Ohio State in that game in 2016. But other than that, I'm sure I'm missing a couple guys, but there really wasn't anybody that was around then that's still around now that knows, like, whoa, okay, we're, we're in the playoff and we're up against a really good team. And I'm not saying that it's going to be too big for them, but it's something to look out for, and it's not even just the players. It's Ryan Day. How How is he going to be able to, to handle this moment and, and the pressure on this sort of stage? And that goes for the rest of this coaching staff. You know, Larry Johnson's a guy who's been through the battles. He was here when Ohio State won that national championship. But as a staff, as this current unit, they haven't been to the playoff yet together. So how do they handle it? And it's important to me to see how they do that because on the other side, you have this Clemson team who has been through everything together. They've won 28 straight games in a row. They're the defending national champions. Their coaching staff has basically been the same for like the last decade. So they've been through this all together. This is normal for them. And is that an advantage? I don't know, probably a little bit, but I I don't think that that's that's something that's completely going to put them over the top, but it is something worth watching for. If Ohio State gets off to a shaky start, how how are they going to respond to that? They've been so good the last three games in responding to different adversity against Penn State, Michigan, and falling behind early against Wisconsin that I think that those battles are really going to help them in this one because there are going to be moments in this game where it's tough and it's going to feel like, okay, maybe this one's slipping away. But I feel like they can handle it, but this is just on such a big stage that it's something different and it's something worth watching to see how they handle. Overall, those are really all my thoughts about this game. I could get into the individual matchups more, talk more about Justin Fields and and how his skills translate against this Clemson defense, but I think that these those are things that just they speak for themselves. These are great players going up against great players and great coaches going up against great coaches and a great program going up against another great program in this is it's kind of fitting that this is the episode that I end on here on the hangout in the Holy Land because for the last three seasons, maybe I've brought it up a few times, but it's something that I've thought that this Clemson team basically took the mantle from Ohio State that we thought Ohio State's place should be after they won the national championship in 2014. That, hey, they, they beat Alabama. They won the first college football playoff. It's it's their time. They're taking the mantle. They're taking the baton. And they are going to go on a run where they're at the top of college football. And then from 2015 to 2018, there was a lot of success. But Clemson surpassed them. And Clemson had those battles with Alabama and beat them multiple times. And they kind of took that throne from not only Alabama, but surpassed Ohio State in the making and I've kind of always thought that if Ohio State wanted to get back to that point it wasn't beating Alabama although that would obviously be a great feather in their cap they would have to beat Clemson and kind of regain that for what happened in 2016 and so as 
kind of whack as it was that Ohio State got put into this matchup in the first round of the playoff and doesn't get to play Oklahoma like LSU does. I think this is the one that they want, and I want to see as a fan. I want to see them beat Clemson, not only for what happened in 2016, but for this overall story of, hey, Ohio State, it looked like they were going to be that that next team after Alabama, but here comes Clemson, and they surpassed both of them. And so if you want to be at the top of the mountain, you have to beat the best. And right now, Clemson is the absolute best. And, and this is a game where it's going to be great on great everywhere, and you test just how good you really are. And all season we've been talking about, hey, this isn't just a great Ohio State team. This might be the greatest Ohio State team. And I think that even if they lose this game, it, it doesn't tarnish what a great season at, it's been because I think Ohio State took another step forward from their program this year. But a win just opens up all sorts of possibilities when it comes to the national championship and what you are going forward. So uh, this is why I'm so excited about this game because it truly is best on best and a chance for Ohio State to challenge themselves against the best program in the country right now. I just realized that I didn't give a prediction for this one yet. And after everything I've said in the last week of going over this matchup, I think right now I'm leaning Clemson somewhere along the lines of like a 34-31, 37-34 type of game just because of what they're able to do on offense. And I just, I still don't trust that Ohio State isn't going to play those linebackers 30 snaps, even though they know that it's the wrong thing to do against this type of offense. I hope that they make me look like an idiot. But I'll also say that as the last three or four days have gone on and I've kind of really dove into this matchup, I feel really good about Ohio State's chances. I I really do, even leaning towards Clemson just because they're the defending champs. They've been through the battles. They have the talent. Despite all that, I do feel really good that Ohio State can win this game, and it's it's not like there's a hard path for them to do it. I don't think everything's going to have to break their way for them to win this game. The keys for me are got to avoid that bad start or that slow start, have to not play those 10-minute stretches like they did against Wisconsin or Penn State where you're turning the ball over. You avoid that stretch and just play head up with Clemson. I I honestly think you're the better team by a narrow margin, but I think that they're better. Controlling the line of scrimmage, keeping Justin Fields clean, that's another area where I think if you look at all the matchups in this game, Ohio State has the biggest advantage on both the offensive and defensive lines. If they get a push in the run game and they're able to push Clemson's offensive line back, it minimizes what Clemson does offensively and it gives time for those secondary guys to get comfortable against Clemson's receivers and really play physical with them. So I think on both sides of the ball, defensively control that line of scrimmage, offensively get a nice push in the run game. I really like Ohio State's chances if they're able to control both lines of scrimmage. And that's like the biggest football cliche ever is, hey, if you win the line of scrimmage, you win the game. But in a game like this, with this much talent, you win the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. I like your chances to come out with a win. So despite picking Clemson by the narrowest of margins here, I really do like Ohio State's chances to win. And I am super excited to watch this and see how Ohio State stacks up and to see if this team can take another step into legendary status. 
That's going to wrap up today's episode of The Hangout in the Holy Land. Like I said, it is my last episode of The Hangout in the Holy Land. I really appreciate you guys listening, not only to this episode, but every episode that I've done here. And if you've read my work on Land Grant Holy Land as well, I can't express to you guys enough how much that has meant to me, you guys taking time out of your day to hear or read what I have to say because I certainly don't think there's much value in it, but you guys do and the people that I interact with regularly that listen to this show, uh, it it really does mean a lot to me and and I appreciate it and I hope this episode was a good send-off. It's not farewell because you will hear me soon. Stay tuned at Dubsco. I'll be on Twitter talking about this game and uh, hopefully have some other stuff headed your guys' way. So be on the lookout for that. And as always, keep up with everything on Land Grant Holy Land. Just because I'm going away, that that should be your impetus to read Land Grant Holy Land more, is that I'm going away because there are a ton of people who put out great work on this site, whether it's on LandGrantHolyLand.com or every other podcast we have here on the Land Grant Holy Land Network. Follow on Apple, follow on Spotify, like, subscribe, review, leave them feedback, push them to the next level. I know that these guys and girls are going to kill it and continue to build not only the podcast side of Land Grant and Holy Land, but the writing side as well. There's a ton of awesome people who work here, so please support their work, continue to push this site forward. That's going to wrap it up. Thank y'all one last time for listening. I hope you have a wonderful holidays with family, friends, and loved ones, and that you get to spend time with whoever it is in your life that means a lot to you, and and that you would listen to this show during the holidays, of course, means a lot to me. So I hope you have a wonderful holidays. I hope you have a wonderful time watching this game. To all the Ohio State fans heading down to Phoenix, can't wait to hear all of y'all be loud as hell, and I hope that it is a much better experience than last time. I think it will be, and I can't wait to talk more about this game afterwards with all of you. But for one last time, I'm going to close it out. My name is Colton Denning. This is the Hangout in the Holy Land. The spot was good, and go Bucks.